Hello and welcome to the 178th episode of An Amazing Podcast. Once again, one and all, after another one-year hiatus, my name is Kellen Scrivens. And I'm James Trenchard. And James, how have things been the last 52 weeks for you? <laughs> uh, lots of exciting stuff has happened, uh, not least of which I got engaged. Heck yeah! <laughs> uh, and uh, I also joined a band more what? recently. Uh, I'm I'm going to be singing in a uh, cancer care fundraiser uh, next March. Awesome. No, I mean, I mean, there, there's plenty I can go over here. I mean, I, I was going to say if people listen to my other podcast on Earth 2 that they might know that, but our production schedule is so far behind. The last episode that came out was recorded in January, so... Uh, I will, uh, I mean, we got a long episode of Helsing that we're going to be doing our quote commentary unquote over, Uh, so we'll have plenty of time to go into more detail about that as much as we like to talk about the show. If you've been following these for the last nine years, I know I say it every year, I can't believe we keep this thing going, but uh, it's, uh, you know, we we got to the end and uh, we'll, uh, we'll do this. Um, just one other thing that I think I'll just get out of the way right now if I'm feeling a little bit nostalgic. We have not had a regular schedule for this podcast for the last four years, and while I've always tried to keep the door open on it, at this point in time, so much has changed, and because these have been the only episodes for tradition's sake that we've been doing and we're coming to the end of it, this is the finale. So... I hope for the next hour or so you enjoy what we have to say as we talk things over, talk about Helsing, talk about our life, and maybe talk about some of our favorite moments from doing this crazy show over the last 10, 11 years or so. But, uh, yeah, I think we are all ready to go now. Uh, James, are you watching uh, on a streaming service? You got the DVD or Blu-ray? 
Uh, I am still using Funimation now for this. All right, and uh, I have my Blu-ray set, so... And I think I might actually be keeping my service active now, uh, now that Crunchyroll seems to be losing a bunch of their Funimation stuff. Yeah, I know uh, my wife Jen, on uh, she had VRV, and so that's going to drop all the Funimation stuff, so she's trying to binge through Steins Gate and get to the end before the cutoff date. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyhow. Also, I should uh, apologize to people about the potentially poor sound quality. I'm on my laptop. Also, if there's random squeaks every now and then, that's probably my cat. Crappy mic quality is a hallmark of this show, and if we didn't have one for the finale, it would not be right, sir. (laughs) Oh, how true you are. (laughs) So... We will begin. We'll give the old three-second countdown. I'm on my Blu-ray, and we'll try to get this synced up. And if not, eh, well, I will be... For for me, I'm on the Blu-ray. I am at the episode select screen. I have episode 10 highlighted, and I will be clicking begin in three, two, one, go. And it's loading and black screen, and we're up. And we got the letter X. You with me on there, or am I? Are you behind? Or yeah, <laughs> okay, good. I like I'm behind by like a second because I didn't realize there was still the Funimation logo is going to pop up, but gotcha. close enough. And apparently, I cannot add subtitles to the English dub viewing, which is weird. So now I have to just kind of. Watch this in quasi-silence. I did watch it yesterday, so I kind of had an idea, but I don't remember every bit of dialogue. Um, androgynous Alucard is always kind of weird. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, so, yeah, how did you end up being a vocalist for a band? <laughs> well, my uh, co-workers who were in said bands... Uh, they, they wanted to like put something together for this fundraiser again. It's called Techapalooza, which is a, a big battle of the bands uh, where the band members are largely in the tech industry and it's raised money for cancer care. Uh, they heard me singing uh, one day after work when we were ha- we were just like playing rock band in the office and they uh, tried to recruit me after that. <laughs> And I thought, oh, what the hell? This sounds like fun. <laughs> so, so what? What's your set list look like? What are you? What are you playing? Uh, it's going to be a lot of like '90s grunge rock. Okay. Uh, so, like the big song that I'm going to be leading is Offspring's "Come Out and Play." Nice. nice. I, I like that a lot. Uh, man, one of these days I got to bust out the rock band stuff again. I still got it here. It's just. Well, the, the big change in my life since our last recording is Jen and I have moved out of her parents' place, and we have our nice uh, little apartment in uh, in Madison Heights, Michigan. So that cut down the commute to work by about 50%, which is a very, very welcome thing. Um, also, I guess I hadn't started my new job by the time we recorded this last year. So, yeah, got a new job. Been at it for a year. It's... uh 
it, it's another contact center job, but it's like the mother of all contact center jobs because I am making way more money here than I ever did at anything else that I did back in Winnipeg or here in Michigan for that matter. Hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm doing as financially well as I ever have, which I'm sure in the back of your brain, it's like, yeah, why couldn't you have been like this when you were behind six months on your rent? But... <laughs> Yeah, you were never that bad. <laughs> it was pretty bad at a point. It was pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> like, you were you were the least of my concerns for back rent, but yeah. <laughs> which is just kind of sad. Like that that whole yeah. thing was a little bit of a cluster. Like friends came and friends went. Like yeah, it, it's it's almost like a terrible sitcom premise of like man, we never have any money, but we got good friends. <laughs> and silly decisions to to invoke comedy, and a very special episode where someone has a seizure. Oh God! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, uh, we should not make fun of that, but yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's weird. It's been almost three years since I've been living here, and it's starting to feel like like it's actually almost kind of home to me at this point. Um, which is kind of weird because I still very much miss a lot of things about Manitoba. Pretty much everything except the weather. What about our majestic mountains, though? Did you see the whole thing about the Manitoba board game? No, I didn't. Oh, there was a whole thing. Uh, it was... Is some some European game maker made a board game and liked the name Manitoba, so he used the name Manitoba, even though like the place he's describing looks nothing like Manitoba, and there's like all sorts of indigenous cultural appropriation in it, and oh, it, it got a lot of news coverage here because <laughs> of all that. No, the the main stories that I've been hearing about Winnipeg over the past year were. Uh, well, number one, the whole, uh, the Jets having their run in the Stanley Cup playoffs this past spring, which thankfully coincided with me moving to my new place, which actually gets CBC Windsor as a channel, so I was able to watch a lot of that. Mm, um, nice. <laughs> it's actually kind of crazy, because they did so well last year that there's actually, like, games on national TV down here this year I can watch of them, which never Very happened nice. before. Um... Ooh, awesome gunfight. Yes. Oh, yeah, we got a show we're watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. Sarah, Sarah's... Don't worry. We'll, we'll bring it back around every now and then. <laughs> we, we have our, like, mandatory five mentions of the show that we have to make. But, yeah, no. Sarah's ever since she, you know, had to drink the Bounty Hunter's blood a few episodes back, just becomes so awesome. And uh, let's see, the other story, um, the one from about a week or so ago where some idiot brought a shotgun to our old high school. Yeah, I actually didn't hear about that until last night when I was uh, talking with some old high school friends. No, I, like, I was just scrolling on Facebook at work and I came across it's like, huh, dang. Yeah, and, like, I have more information for that that I will not voice publicly. We'll talk later. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, I'll just make my guess then based on what I saw. 
it was some it wasn't like it was going to turn into a violent situation it was just some idiot that thought shoot i got to store it somewhere eh, i can throw it in my locker at school no one will care and they were wrong <laughs> but uh i'll i'll just leave that at that i could be wrong um but yeah no uh yeah the animation still just violent and gross and all that good Halloweeny type stuff. Uh, let's... Yeah, at some point with this show, it seems like it went for a bit more like style over substance, which I mean, I guess it always was, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I've kind of, I'm less excited about this show than I was at the start, I guess yeah, is, is no, what I'm well, saying. Well, no, there is definitely more intrigue in like, to me, there's more intrigue in seeing, okay, how does Saris react to this change in her unlife, I guess, for lack of a better word, than how how many ways can they show graphic violence now? Yeah. There is there is at least some semblance of more of a storyline, whereas now it's just like a bunch of Nazi vampires want to start a war for the sake of starting a war. Not even for the sake of winning a war. Mm-hmm. They don't want to win the war. They want to have a war. Well, no, and I, I, and I, I never watched the original Helsing anime all the way through. I only ever watched the first three episodes, because remember, I had the UMD for my PSP, if you may. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. It got a lot of use out of that UMD. Um, and, of course, those three episodes overlap with the first OVA for Helsing. Uh, or for Helsing OVA, or for Helsing Ultimate, I should say, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, I don't know, it feels like the first, the first episode contains three stories, the second episode contains a story, the third episode contains a story, the fourth episode contains a story, and the fifth through tenth episodes contain a story. Yeah, and most of that story is violence. Yes. And considering we're watching this at a clip of one episode a year, it can kind of feel like it drags I mean, at times. Yeah, that's fair. It we have been going through it a bit slowly. Oh, but it, uh, don't get me wrong. I, it's not like I haven't watched it at all in between our like in between our episode recordings because as we have gone over as our annual tradition of. Remember when we did episode four and we weren't sure that episode five was going to have a legal English dub release by the next year? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, no, when I when I got everything on Blu-ray, I watched it all the way through. Oh, of course. Because as, as much as we will put our knocks against it, it is still a very good show, especially on mm-hmm. Blu-ray compared to those DVDs. <laughs> I am still a little bit upset that, you know, those DVDs had to stop because those were some really, really cool looking sets that they put together. And, like, despite the fact that Oh, yeah, the deluxe sets with the extras. Yeah. Well, and despite the fact that every on-disc extra made it to these Blu-rays, I still can't bring myself to, like, get rid of those, like, uh... A steelbook DVD cases, but yeah, and like you said, the extras that came with them, like the little the wall mounted figures you could get, the the art books that you would get with them, 
like they, each of them had like a little poster in it. It was really, really, really cool. And mm-hmm. like I don't blame Funimation for doing the really basic homogenized like, hey, it's on Blu-ray. Hey, it's four episodes to a set. Hey, it's a lot cheaper. Hey, you still get all the on-disc stuff, but it's a very, very boring physical case that you're getting. I get why they did that, because I think it was stuff like what Genion did, which probably drove them into bankruptcy faster. But damn if it wasn't cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, speaking of anime, how and anything in the last year or so that you've been uh, watching that you have really been enjoying? Oh, let's see. Um, I mean, keeping up with Attack on Titan, of course. Yep. I, which I, has still been really good, aside from one scene in the third season that was just really unnecessary and gross. It's typically how they do that. I'm not entirely certain I've got to that, because I'm just following along on uh, Toonami, because I have that luxury. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll know when it happens. <laughs> It, it is an extremely unnecessary and bizarre, gross torture scene. Okay, then maybe I have seen. Is it where uh, where he's chained up in, like, the blue cave kind of thing? No, that would be afterwards. Okay, then I... I maybe they edited it for TV, then. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't be the first time it's happened, even though it has that TVMA rating and it airs at, you know, 12.30 a.m., wouldn't surprise me. I mean, yeah. I, I still hear the stories from people that were watching frickin', uh, you know, Dead Man Wonderland when it was on here a few years back. I never got into that. I didn't understand the appeal of it. Uh, for me, it mostly comes down to, as much as I'm going to sound like a total shill for the guy, by this point, I do genuinely feel he's a friend of mine. Typically, if Greg says, no, I really love doing the show, I'm going to check it out. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, that's... Yeah, <laughs> it, it is what it is. Like, it's, I, I don't want to belabor that point, but that, that is just how it goes. The, the people that I have got to meet through doing the whole crazy convention thing over the last 10, 11 years, that there's some people where if they say, no, this was so much fun to do, it's like, maybe I should check that out then. <laughs> But no, for me this year, like, there hasn't been a ton that I've been really getting into. And I think I've mentioned this in the past couple years where, like, I feel like in a lot of ways Western animation has caught up. Like, the things, oh, yeah. the things that drew me to anime at the expense of Western cartoons back when we were in high school are now things that are plentifully available in Western animation Mm-hmm. Like, Steven Universe was not making air ten years ago. Oh, yeah, we didn't have anything like that at no. all. Like, we just started to get the real, like, tip of the iceberg in Avatar, which most people just kind of wrote off as, like, oh, it's trying to be anime. Like, it's still really, really good, but it's very obviously trying to be anime. Yeah, and then I feel like they kind of, found their own direction with uh, Legend of Korra mm-hmm. after that. And then, once again, you got your stuff like Steven Universe, you got your stuff like um, 
shoot, what's the other one I'm forgetting off the top of my head right now? Blah. Um, Star vs. the Forces of Evil. Good, good shows. It's, it's really kinda cool. Um, I'm, I'm very much a fan of it. It doesn't hurt when you cast a Winnipegger as one of your main supporting roles. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nia Verdalos, uh, best known for my big fat Greek wedding, plays, uh, one of the main characters is mother. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Um, and a lot more like adult animation as well. Things like Rick and Morty. Oh yeah. Rick and Morty's hilarious. Yeah. No, I'm, I, I would say that I'm fully on the cult of that show, but that would be a lie because I kind of hate the people that go full on cult of that show. <laughs> like, no, I, I know there are friends of mine that have straight up said that they do not want to get into the show because they have seen how toxic the fandom can get. And mm. I don't really have a valid response to that other than just to say, you're right. The show is still very good, but you are not incorrect. Like the whole bullshit I... with the Szechuan sauce was just like. Guys, pump the fucking brakes. Yeah, I don't know if I've uh, don't know if I've seen much of that happening around. I mean, I only really well probably talk about they the never show actually, with people I know. Well, no, because then probably because they never actually like did that in Canada. Like, okay, well, so, that too, but yeah. But like, it was it was ridiculous. People now, like McDonald's brought back the sauce completely underestimated how fucking crazy some of these fans are, completely, like, were too low on stock, which, that sucks. I would hate to be the person that's standing in line. Well, number one, I'd hate to be the person that's standing in line for some fucking fast food dipping sauce, but more power to you if you want to be that person. And if I was waiting all this time and I was told there wasn't enough to go around, I'd be super ticked off. But the way that some people handle themselves was just childish. But, yeah. no, Rick, Rick and Morty's awesome. I'm looking forward to season four, whenever that may be. Um, and as far as, like, the actual anime stuff, I do enjoy keeping an eye on what's going on on Toonami. So I'm still, I'm watching Dragon Ball Super at the pace of the English dub. Uh, I'm watching Attack on Titan. Um, watching Black Clover, which I've been a fan of. Um, yeah, but there are a few others recently that I've wanted to start, but haven't really found the time. Like, there's the the Steinsgate sequel, Steinsgate Zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my there was wife... There's even a Cardcaptor Sakura sequel. There were a bunch of sequels of, like, old 90s shows in the <laughs> yeah. past year, so it seemed. Um... Did you, I know this is probably something that happened since last, I know it's happened since last year, but have you watched any of the uh, Digimon Adventure Try movies? Only the first one, actually. Okay, yeah, same. I have the second and third one sitting on the shelf, but I'm thinking it's going to probably be a case of, like, I'm just going to wait until I have all six of them before I just try and binge through them. And, yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a great nostalgic time when I saw the first one. Like, I saw that one in theaters with the English dub. Yep. It was, like, a big event. I even got a bunch of, like, posters and stuff from it. (laughs) 
we didn't get go, go quite that far, but we did make a point to go see it in the theater, you know, the day that it was out. And it was a grand old time. And I think that we mentioned this on last year's episode where, because if you were probably watching the same print where it's like, all right, and that was the first movie. Now here's a preview of the third movie. Or did that huh. not, was that not in your version or were you out the door by the time the credits rolled? No, I don't think there were previews. Okay. No, only not for the third. That would seem. Okay, weird. yeah, no, because I don't like, do you guys do like the Fathom events up there? The what event? Sorry? Uh, it's called Fathom events. I don't think so, no. Okay, no. I, I haven't heard of that. It pretty much what it is, it's like a branded set of like, Pretty much a lot of the stuff that isn't like your standard, you know, you know, major picture movies is runs through a group called Fathom Events. So, hey, we're going, we're doing, uh, you know, a month of Miyazaki. So every week we'll do a different Miyazaki movie for one night, one night as a sub and one night as a dub. Or it was Digimon was one, or even stuff like the Metropolitan Opera or Classic Movie Night or. We're going to, you know, we're going to air the big boxing fight or the big UFC show. Things of that nature is all done through Fathom. And typically they'll have some, like, stuff that goes before or after the actual movie run as, like, bonus stuff. So after the first Digimon movie, it's like, and here's the trailer for the third movie. And I'm like, wait, no, I haven't seen the second one. You idiots. Yeah, that seems just like a weird mess up. Yeah. I I think it was like by the time that first one hit theaters, the first and second have already been out. And so it's like, you know, promoting that the third one's coming out on whatever streaming platform or whatever. Ah, yes, let's shoot at the major. (laughs) And as far as Cardcaptor Sakura, I might, I just like... I think I think it's been said before. I think you, me, and five other people make up the entirety of the fandom of the old uh, Nelvana dub that aired on Teletoon back in the day. Oh yeah, I've been actually watching the uh, the Japanese version of the original. Okay. Uh, just now and then, like I, I bought it all on DVD a while ago, and I can. But yeah, I just haven't quite gotten through it all yet. Mm-hmm. But just, like, and maybe it's because, like, not not too many years ago I did a rewatch of that, and it's like, alright, cool. And they actually had the uh, the second uh, Card Captor movie, the one that was not done by Nelvana. They gave, like, I found that English dub, and I watched it. Oh, and yeah. holy shit, that was atrocious. And it kind of made me like, no, like, say what you want for, like, it's kind of similar to the whole, like, Sailor Moon thing from back in the day. It's like... Say what you want about how they edited the show and how they cut it around to like kind of present it to a certain type of audience. The voice acting talent was still pretty solid. And oh, yeah. the group they had for that second movie was not. So maybe I'm just a little bit gun shy about, you know, listening to it with oh, a yeah. new if group you were, of people. Yeah, if you were listening to the English dub, then yes, I, I've heard it's atrocious. I've only ever seen that movie in Japanese. Probably for the best. Uh, and actually, I find it kind of hilarious as well that that uh, that uh, oh, Here what is it? NIS America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, we'll watch Schrodinger. But yeah, NIS America when they released the the DVDs for Cardcaptor Sakura, 
and pretty much older releases, it defaults to the Japanese audio, and the English dub is listed as an extra. Hmm. Well, not like it for me it would all just come down to like how solid the casting is. Like there's, and once again, the main comparable I would have to that would be Sailor Moon, where it has the flawed, nostalgic English version. And then it has the more modern, you know, proper version. With that being said, in a lot of ways, for the Sailor Moon side of things, comparing, you know, uh, comparing it to the old Deke dub, I kind of like the Deke dub. Like yeah. uh, to to quote uh, to quote one of the former co-hosts of this show, Mr. Randy Forbister. I kind of like being able to close my eyes and know exactly what character is speaking. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, like I said, my, my anime watching is not nearly as much as it used to be. I mean, I'm still probably going to go a little bit crazy when Right Stuff does the Black Friday sale. But, oh yeah, of course. But probably not as much as I used to, because I mean, it used to be the case of like, I needed the 250 bucks to make it free shipping. Now, I don't. <laughs> That is very true. I, I could very easily see myself uh, putting most of my Black Friday money into getting a new TV or upgrading my PS4 to a Pro or... I don't even know at this point. Buying more Drop Mix cards. Yeah. <laughs> have you had the opportunity to try out Drop Mix at all? I have not, no. All right, so here's Kellen's Drop Mix hype thing. Are you familiar with Drop Mix at all? I believe so yes all right so for those that don't know it is um i i should give some credit here i got into this because of uh damian wilkins's hyping of it on his blog and on various sources but so pretty much what it is it's made by as mentioned harmonic so rock band the original guitar heroes amplitude frequency so people that know how to make some cool innovative games out of music Pretty much what you do get is, with the starter set, you get a, a board and you get a deck of cards. And each card has a piece of a song on it. So, for example, like, uh, you'll get a card that's, you know, the vocals for I Want You Back by the Jackson 5. You'll get a card that's the violins for Bring Me to Life by Evanescence, and so on and so forth. And there are a ton of booster packs and extra decks and convention-only cards, which I spend far too much to get a single card, but it's what you get. And there are a number of different game modes to it, but I mostly just like messing around and like just mixing up songs and seeing how it is when it comes out. Like, hmm, what if I put down all of these bring-me-to-life cards, but instead of the violins, I put down a, uh, a box symphony? Or what if I, you know, uh, pretty much anything where I put the uh, Super Freak drum and bass on top of any other vocals. Or oddly enough, one that really fits together, I think, is um, putting the vocals for It's Tricky by Run DMC over the uh, instrumentation <laughs> of Kids by MGMT. Oh, interesting. It, it, it's some cool stuff. It. It's a lot of fun, and I'm 
super stoked because the aforementioned spent way too much on a single promotional card that is currently in the mail to me. Might actually get here today. It was from Power Morphicon. Oh. (laughs) It is a wild card, so it includes, so I can put it on any spot on this board. It'll be a different, like, it'll be the vocals or the guitar or the drums or whatever. And it is the Go-Go Power Rangers uh, intro theme. That's awesome. Just having that guitar riff is everything that I want for this game. Uh, so yeah, so that's that. That's a, a fun game to have. Um, anything in uh, in video games in the last year or so that you are uh, particularly enjoying? Uh let's see. Horizon Zero Dawn was pretty good. I never did beat it, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I've recently actually gotten into Destiny 2, uh, mostly because Freebie. it was free for PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, if I need PlayStation Plus any way to play it, and yeah. I do have that, yeah, I might as well check it out. Uh, so yeah, kind of gotten into that. Uh, still into XCOM. The new uh, Tactical Legacy pack for XCOM 2 is awesome, and I really, really, really can't get enough of the uh, 80s synth rock soundtrack that they made to go with it. Um, for me, I my main game that I've been playing a lot of recently is uh, Fire Pro Wrestling World, which... For those who might not know what Fire Pro is, including you, um, pretty much it's considered to be one of like the best wrestling video game series ever put together. But with the flip side issue that most of them have never come out in North America. There were a pair of them that came out for the Game Boy Advance. There was one that came out for the PS2 in, like, 2007, like, late 07 for the PS2, so put that timeline together. And that was, like, two or three years behind the Japanese release. And then there was the one that just came out uh, on PS4. It had been on Steam for about a year or so, but it just came out on PS4 now. And the part that I find super just cool about it is they got a license for New Japan Pro Wrestling for the American version of the game. Which, for those who don't know their wrestling, New Japan's been around forever, but only in the past few years have they actually started to, you know, make headway stateside with more than just the most diehard wrestling fans, in large part because they got a US TV deal and they got, they got their streaming service up and running and put an English version of the website up and actually started doing, like, English commentary on some of their shows. And the the main guy that they are kind of pushing their American expansion with happens to be a guy from Winnipeg. Hmm. Uh, so if you remember the name Kenny Omega... Um, Sounds familiar. I believe I've heard you talk about him before. He, I was watching him wrestle at frickin' the Lid Night Club and at Shannon's. And I did an interview with him when I was back in uh, in college at Crecom because he was like, no, he was the best guy in these, you know, Winnipeg bar shows. And he just kept getting 
more exposure, and he eventually started working in Japan some, and uh, as things stand right now, he's actually the top champion in New Japan Pro Wrestling. The, the, the first and only Canadian to ever do that. And wouldn't you know it, he actually was cool. back in Winnipeg last night working a show for the same for the same old promotion. You know who he was facing in a tag <laughs> match on that show? Who? Leo London. Oh, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> not the first time those two have faced each other. I mean, I've, I've watched the two of them. Uh, the first wrestling show I ever took my wife to, it was a tag match where it was Kenny and Leo on opposite sides. And for the record, Leo is our former roommate. Leo was a guy who had, up for a small period of time, I was his manager at some small shows in Winnipeg. Um, a man who still owes me about three months back rent. <laughs> <sighs> ah, whatever. <laughs> Long time ago. Al- yeah. I'm also fairly sure that uh, one of my coworkers at uh, IQ Metrics as well has wrestled with Kenny Omega. Uh, I, I vaguely remember him bringing that up. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me, man. I, I, one of my call centers, one of my... Uh, I, I know I told you this story back in the day where my direct supervisor like, was like, so, you know, who are you? What do you like? And like, I'm a, you know, I'm a wrestling man. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm in a local indie wrestler. It's like, you don't say. Actually, one of my roommates is a, is a local indie wrestler. And he's like, what's his name? Uh, Leo. It's like, yeah, shoot, I was on the same show as him last night. And then it clicks me. It's like... Oh shoot, yeah. My boss Corey Alinia. Oh, you're Corey Kincaid. It's like, yep, that's me. It's like, oh yeah, no, I, I don't recognize you without the cape and the the Hanson brothers glasses. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, there's there's a there, there's a bit of a you know bit of a little community of wrestlers in town. Um, and yeah, no, like it, it's kind of cool to see that it's getting a little bit more reputation because one of the hottest acts in all of wrestling outside WWE happens to be the dude from Winnipeg that still will occasionally wrestle when he's in town because he lives in Japan full-time now. Which is good for him because he is probably as nerdy as you or I are. Like, the dude knows Japanese. He learned mostly so he could, you know, watch an anime that wasn't subtitled. And yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a cool story. Like uh, I was seeing on Twitter, there was some people that apparently like flew up from Texas to see the show in Winnipeg last night because, holy crap, it's Kenny Omega at the at like the Doubles Fun Club in Winnipeg. That's a small venue. You can get right up close and personal with that. <laughs> so yeah, no, it, it's kind of cool and. To play the video game where it's like they put his voice samples in the game and like he's on the cover and yeah, it's it's really, really cool. And to see him go from the guy where it's like, you know, some random dude in college could get a could get a 20 minute interview where he would, you know, it was literally after a show at Shannon's on Pemina. And I want to say this in like November uh, so after the show, because we'd already agreed to do it, after the show, he comes by and says, hey, you want to go do the interview? Sure. We go back to the back deck of that bar, and he helps set up, like, the patio furniture so we can sit down and do the dang interview. And nowadays, like, I was at, uh, 
I was at this big uh, wrestling indie show and convention in Chicago a couple months ago. Um, for those that know the wrestling, All In and StarCast. And to get to do the meet and greet with Kenny and his tag team partner from Japan, it was 125 bucks US. The, the dude is a big fucking deal. And I could not be happier to see it happen to him. Ah, yes, more violence oh, and screaming. <laughs> I have to say, even, like, having seen this whole thing, I still end up being surprised by, you know, Walter turning evil. Yep. He was such a good guy, and now this happens. And uh, I guess uh, I guess it wouldn't even be a new game, but one in the last year that I've been playing a lot because it was a throw-in freebie on PS Plus. Um, if, as, if you had the PS Plus and if you actually got this game, uh, have you played a pumped BMX Plus at all? I have not. If you happen to have it, give it a whirl. It is a stupidly simple game. Like, it's on PS4, PS3, Vita. But... I just find it to be so fun because it's like, it's simple, but it's challenging. And also, there is a very, very high level of video game cruelty potential. Ah. Especially when you finish the game and you unlock what they call glitch mode, which is pretty much like, and pretty much you get to play the buggy version that we thought was a lot more fun, even if it was a lot less polished, where... Pretty much you're able to combine tricks the way in a ways that you weren't supposed to. Um, the character model will actually like phase through things at times. So I, I've had some pretty gruesome times where, you know, I, I try and make a jump uh, onto a platform. I kind of miss it, and the thing just kind of goes through the character's chest. Now, it's not like there's any blood or gore or anything like that. But the dude's bike falls to the ground, and the dude's just kind of sitting there, like, you know, you, you know, you failed this run. He's just kind of sitting there with a giant plank of wood stuck through his chest. He's just kind of hanging there, lifeless. But it's all, like, su super cartoony graphics and no gore, so it just kind of makes it funny. <laughs> Where the hell is that cannon hiding? Um, a wizard did it. And thus we have reached the natural yeah, progression, the, the natural progression of Ceres' giant guns. Yeah. This episode, she seems to be really good at, like, pulling munitions from nowhere <laughs> like i'm wondering is that is are these just actually conveniently placed or is it her uh, like vampiric power to pull these from hammer space <laughs> I like think it's i supposed can't to be the tell. latter but no like uh seriously Ceres right now looks like something that would belong in like an arc systems works fighting game like in like guilty gear oh, yeah. plays blue totally. yeah <laughs> Uh, 
I, I really don't know why Integra is so surprised that he's not dead. No one has been dying properly this episode. (sighs) 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 Quit talking and just start dismantling him or something. And yet this character knows how to monologue. Oh, yeah, he definitely knows how to monologue. Yes, this is where we be quiet and listen to the guy. Repeating animation! For a show that's so good with the animation budget, it's kind of weird to see, like, the same floating darkness animation coming off of Ceres there. Yeah, I mean, even, even the biggest budget shows will have the occasional scene like that. Yeah. I mean, maybe unless they're, like, CG... True enough. That's that's a whole different case. So you happen to hit up any conventions this year? Haven't really been in the convention scene that much. I did briefly go to C4 this year to uh, advertise for my uh, anime club, but that's about it. Has that uh, already happened this year, or is that next weekend, or...? Oh, that's always in the summer. Oh, okay. That was in, like, May, June. Oh, so they they moved C4 back, or is this a different C4 event? No, C4 has always been in the summer. You're probably thinking of, they, they do, like, a, a mini uh, a mini C4 uh, in autumn. Okay. Maybe I'm getting screwed up. I could have sworn that C4, the main one, was always around Halloween, but in any event. Um, now, nah, for me, I, it was kind of weird because I kind of realized that I had, for the very first time since we went to ChibiCon back in 2005, <laughs> I went 12 months between going to conventions. Hmm. Which, never thought I'd actually do that, but... 
after uh, Icon last year, it was in large part because I used up a lot of my PTO time because I suffered from a pretty nasty concussion back in uh, January, February, March. I burned up a lot of my PTO, so I didn't really have an opportunity to get anything set, and I was still kind of new at the job, so I didn't want to be taking too much vacation time. So I didn't go to Anime Detour. I didn't go to... Uh, I didn't go to uh, Icon. I didn't go to uh, Anime Fargo in 2017. Um, what else? What have I thought of? Like uh, there was, there had previously been the Godaika Ocon convention in uh, the Detroit area that I'd been working on with uh, Jen, and that kind of fell apart due to mismanagement. And we still haven't been to Yomacon yet, in part because there are certain things that I have read about the convention that I'm not entirely certain that I would want to go to, and that's like one of the top ten largest in terms of attendance in North America. And so, with all that, I didn't go to a convention... Uh, well, I didn't go to an anime convention between Icon 2017 and Anime Fargo 2018, which hmm. which was kind of cool because, you know, it was close enough that a good number of the friends from Winnipeg actually made it down. Uh, not as many as I was hoping would, truth be told. Like, Benson was there, uh, Tracy was there, Serena was there from Icon, uh, John Reg was there, and we managed to catch up a bit, which was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, no, like most of the people that work icon these days are not necessarily people that I know. Like they told me, it's like, so I'm like, yeah, who's the president this year? And they said, and I don't remember the dude's name. Cause I never met the guy before. It's like, yeah, I, I have no idea who this person is. <laughs> hmm. So it's, uh, it's kind of, kind of getting away from me just a little bit. And that's a little bit on the sad side, but Hey, that's life. Um, Yeah. I mean, at some point, it, and I mean, for me, it happened a while ago when I was no longer on the Icon Committee, where it seems like going to going to conventions, and I was like, yeah, I've, I've done all this before. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be anything new for me. Well, and... And also, just to, and just to correct what I said earlier, uh, you were right, actually. It is October for C4. I must be remembering last year's. Okay. <laughs> so... Now, as far as conventions go, I find that it kind of comes to, like, I don't know that I could ever really feel the same doing Icon if I wasn't doing some sort of staffing for it. Like, I wouldn't know what to do in my downtime there, you know? Um, yeah. And, like, like even with Anime Fargo when I went there, I was on staff. I was the MC for the entire weekend, so I did opening ceremonies and closing ceremonies and hosted the cosplay contest, which it's been a while since I've got to do that at an anime convention, and I had a lot of fun with it. And it's really cool hmm. when, you know, some of the people are, you know, complimenting you on, you know, how you are going about doing it. Like, there was there was one guest who um, told my wife pretty much, like, no, I'm happy with the way the guy, like, not realizing that we were husband and wife, was like, no, I'm really happy with the way the guy did that. You'd be surprised how many conventions just try and, like, go over the top and where every staff member needs to talk about stuff, and instead of it just being, like, you know, quick, 
intro, jokes, safety stuff, introduce guests, get out of there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's a nice little it's a nice little boost. It's a nice little pick me up. And Fargo is such a nice small convention because I mean we're talking it just broke a thousand people for the first time this year. And like remember when Icon was that small? So that was fun, and as mentioned, I also did the big wrestling convention, StarCast, which was way, way, way too much fun, but also, like, way too expensive. Uh, Jen and I decided to treat it as if it was our honeymoon, because we never actually got to take a proper one. So, Mm. like, there was some really, really cool stuff with that, like, spending way too much to be like, alright, so... This ticket means that you get to have a quasi-private lunch with one of our guests of honor. Uh, so pretty much it was uh, me, 11 other people, and Scott Hall having lunch. Which, okay, cool, get to ask Scott Hall a bunch of questions and stuff. And do a little meet and greet and stuff like that. Um, probably one of my favorite ones it was the dude that runs WrestleCrap.com was there. And he brought a lot of the, like, here's here are all of the best, worst props from wrestling history. You can take a photo op with them. So, all right, so back in the early 90s, World Championship Wrestling decided it would leverage the fact that it was a Turner company and base characters based off of frickin', like, stuff from their old movie library. To that end, they created a wrestler named Oz, who wore this giant green cape. There is now a photo of me in that giant green cape. (laughs) Um, Probably the other really cool one was... It was a photo op where there was this big collector there, and he had... It was one of Ric Flair's old robes. And the championship belt from that same time frame. And you could take a photo op with those. Like, it, I, I know you're not, you're not really the big wrestling fan that I am, but I'm just trying to get across how cool this sort of thing is to a guy like me. And, oh, yeah. And yeah, doing the, uh, the actual all in show, which, long story short, the only show in the United States to draw 10,000 people or more that wasn't a WWE or WCW show in the last 25 years. And it was a mix of, like, the best American, Canadian, Japanese, Mexican wrestlers going, and they all got them together in this, uh, in this arena in Chicago. And the only crowd that I could genuinely compare it to would be the first season that the Jets were back when I was going to games for that. Which should give you some idea of how crazy that crowd was. Yep. Anyhow, now we got some fire. And apparently blood bleeds all the way through hair now. Uh, Anime hair shows everything under it. Uh, reminds me back to the early days of the Earth 2 website when uh, James Doe had the 
had the big list of anime cliches. Uh, Eyebrows that float over hair. <laughs> uh, things were different back then. What can I say? I mean, they were and they weren't. I mean, we're still having floating eyebrows. Fair enough. I just, just in the yeah, sense that, of, like, I'm taking a look at the time. It's like, all right, I got 20 minutes left, and then this 11-year-old project of mine goes bye-bye. So I'm getting a little nostalgic now as far as, like, yeah. It, it. I mean, I remember it just like it was yesterday, going to the old Winnipeg Anime Club and uh, going yeah. to Frag Max and eating that salty pizza and sitting in that busted up little couch. Yeah, the community is definitely different and I mean, people we'll never never pe- have those times again. Pe- people change and like it feels weird to say that I don't like as much as I, you know, I'm no longer on speaking terms with a lot of the people from the old Winnipeg Anime Club. Like, the only people that I attended those things with that I still really keep in somewhat regular contact with are you and Comstock. Like, I haven't talked to Brent in years. I mean, even though I probably should have reached out when he was having his uh, his little health issue. Um, he's... Mm. He's doing okay for a guy that lost a leg. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. When I saw him at KeyCon this year, I couldn't tell even. Hmm. He, he seems to be quite used to his new leg. Good to hear that. And, like, Randy and Steph haven't talked to them in years. Uh, Jan, Jared, uh, Yuri... Just kind of fell out. Times change, and nothing lasts forever, which is kind of part of the reason that the the podcast is going away. But to uh, to, to steal the line from John Madden, whenever he'd finish up a gig, we'll still have the memories. Still have, you know, when it was. Remember the old townhouse where it was you and me and Brennan and Randy and Steph sitting around one single crappy little microphone doing our best of the aughts episode <laughs> or just recording all the panels at the conventions. Cause like that seemed like such a cool thing to do or doing the, all the old icon recap episodes. Like those were, it, it's kind of nice to have that time capsule as we get to our little epilogue here. <laughs> Uh, old Integra. And Saris, still Saris, no matter how vampire queen she gets. But yeah, any uh, any favorite moments of doing this podcast over the last ten or so years? Hmm. 
Any any favorite shows? Any favorite wackiness that came up? Trying to make uh, sense of Kaleidostar? Oh yeah. This is completely <laughs> normal. I I think actually my favorite moments are when I got to complain really loudly about Blue Drop. Oh, good, dude, no, I forgot about Blue Drop. Oh, jeez. I mean, there was a while even when you were saying, like, that I needed to have my moment like that. Like, Steph had her moment to complain about shows. Randy had his moment to complain about shows. I didn't Randy complain about moments to complain everything. About shows well, Randy had a lot of moments, yes. <laughs> Randy still has a lot of moments. Huh. <sighs> No, but, uh, yeah, no. Every, and it feels like every year, as much as I say, like, I forgot about it. I forgot about how bad it was, but I still, whenever I see it come up on, like, a sale on right stuff, it's like, ooh, Blue Drop is on sale. It's only 10 bucks. Personally, I think it's overcharging it by a good $25. Oh, geez, yeah, no, that... That that show was so bad that we literally broke the format and just didn't review episodes after a while. <laughs> oh man, I'm trying to I'm trying to look through here. What episodes have what episodes did we do or what shows did we review? Kind of going from uh, back to front here. Yeah, we did Gundam Seed, which Gundam Seed. naturally we did because man, that what else can be said about you and me and anime fandom that doesn't have that show at the heart of it. Yeah. And uh, there was Soul Kaleidos- Eater. Soul Eater, Kaleidostar. Um, there are, I mean, like a whole bunch of other ones back in the day when we would just yeah, when we try and cram you know, an watch, entire series in a watch one a bunch episode. Of, yeah. I don't know how we kept that pace. <laughs> Why do you think I changed it? <laughs> we did Mushishi, right? Which I think I'm like still the only person in the world that oh, doesn't yeah, think that show is a right. classic. Do-do-do. Obviously we've done these. Ugh, Blue Drop. Seven years ago. Without Man! Seven years ago. We were doing that dang show. Yeah. Obviously, the icon recaps, you were in a lot of those. Yep. And yeah, everything before that was just the the individual stuff. We did Soul Eater... <laughs> uh, and yet some things never uh, changed after that all those the years. ending of this brings some humor back. Yep. <laughs> oh shoot. The, the one non-anime uh, Christmas episode 2010. We reviewed Sonic's Christmas Blast. Oh wow! Oh, I still I, have I, that damn uh, that damn DVD that they gave me. 
Yeah, I I barely remember that one. <laughs> Probably for the best. Uh, Claymore. Oh yeah, Claymore. The, the original Ghost in the Shell movie. And yeah, that's that was our contributions to it. I don't yeah. know offhand if you were the the most featured co-host on this show, but maybe it's because I mean, when the well, show started, we, we were living together. That definitely helped. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it kind of came and went over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a while when definitely like Steph and Randy were featured more on the show than I was. There was a period where um, it felt like Brennan was the was the proper co-host and it, it, it all oh man i forgot that brendan was on the show yeah no he was uh, in the uh in like the 20s era and that he'd show up every now and then afterwards but yeah no we were kind of reconnecting a bit more then and here he comes again oh razathon there's another one did we actually review that show i th- I don't think we ever reviewed it. I think we may have reviewed it as like an overall series. We definitely didn't do the episode by episode one. No, I'm I'm looking, man. There is no like I'm just doing control oh, F not. on the page. It's not there. <laughs> we never got around okay, to Razafon. Maybe not. I I think we made comparisons between Razafon and uh, Ava and Evangelion, though. When we were, I'm pretty sure we reviewed Evangelion at some point. I think we reviewed one or of the you movies. Maybe watch it. Uh, do 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 Evangelion. I'll never forget though, Norman, just like completely catching all of the foreshadowing yep. in like Gundam Seed well, and Razafon and we're like going back. Totally we're going back before I was doing any podcasting for Earth2.net at that point. We're going back to oh, yeah. freaking grade 12 high school where he like his parents' place was only a, you know half a block from the school, and we all had three periods off in the middle of the day, so we'd just go there, and I'd bring my Razafon set, and we'd watch five episodes at a time, and he'd pick it up. And, uh, yeah, so... Here we go, and uh, Alucard wrapping us up there. But no, man, this is uh, like I said, you and you and I in anime, we we go back. That was it was pretty much the basis of our friendship back in grade eleven. It was pretty much yeah. Was you watch an, you watch anime? Yeah. You watch Inuyasha? Yeah. Man, I just started watching Inuyasha. Yeah. 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 Want to hang out at lunch and talk about anime? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And that's literally how it all started. Because then after that, it was, you know, Norm and Brennan and Chris Gone joined the, joined the group. And we were guys that watched anime. And my then girlfriend at the time told me about... ChibiCon, we went to that, and hell, even before that, there was uh, the, you know, the infamous time of, you know, uh, we were at your place, and your mother's like, hey, there's this anime convention in Winnipeg, you guys want to go? 
And it's like, what are the tickets? 30 bucks? No, it's too much. How things have changed. I'll be a truth be told, most conventions I go to, I don't have to pay because I'm working on them, but... <laughs> I mean, I spent 250 bucks to get the super sponsor badge to Anime Detour the one year. But, uh, yeah. It's been a long time running, and while this might be the end of this podcast, it's not like I'm done podcasting. It's not like I'm never going to talk about anime again. It's not like I'm never going to watch anime again. It's not like the fandom is going away. But it's it's definitely the closing of a chapter. And uh, as we let the credits run here, I would just like to say... First, thank you very much, James, for being on this uh, trip with me through the podcast, before the podcast, around the podcast, when, you know, hey, we're roommates and we had anime to talk and discuss and the conversations that never made it onto the podcast, all that stuff. I want to thank you very much for that. And I want to. My pleasure. I want to put a big thank you out to Mr. Michael Sims for having me on his website. Not like I'm leaving the website or anything like that. Listen to the Cure for the Common podcast, everybody, if you're into the whole wrestling thing. Uh, but thank you for having me on your website. Thank you for putting up with me all the way back when I was, you know, 16 years old and trying to help me out with this. I appreciate it so much. And of course, to. Everyone that listened to this show going back to the heyday, I know there was a time where I was pulling in over 5,000 listeners an episode, which I know might not sound like a ton compared to what some big name, you know, podcasts and YouTube stuff does these days, but it's still nice to know that people value Back in the early days of podcasting. Sorry? Back in the early days the podcasting it, it seemed kind of impressive it's like oh this many people want to listen to us well it, oh, it, is, it cool. is still impressive that that many people would want to listen to me at any point in time and i'm not expecting that this episode is drawing as many people in because you know we're, we're talking more about random stuff and less about an actual anime that we're covering but it is what it is and i just want to say thank you very much and you know keep an eye out because I, I still like talking and putting my opinion out there and trying to create content. Just, hey, in those four years where we stopped making this a regular thing and now my life has changed a whole lot, it's still just getting settled. And who knows how things may go going forward, but it's it feels like the right time to end it i've went through three years at this point where the credits roll saying hey if i didn't think i had a chance to keep it going i wouldn't do it and who knows my other podcast is a wrestling podcast so i know a lot about wrestling retirements but uh, as, as far as as far as i know this is it thank you very much and uh I, I, as much as I want to try and time this to the very end of the credits here, I can't think of anything else to really stall this out. So, 
for myself and James, and hell, let's go back down the list for Jenna Bellaro, Lisa Carlson, Brennan Lumsden, Chris Comstock, Randy Forbister, Steph Ives. Thank you for listening to an amazing podcast.